The sailor said, Brandy, what a fine girl, what a good wife you would be. But my life, my love, and my lady is harmless phosphorescence. everyone this is throw smiley and i was cybernetically engineered to be a douchebag who's joining me this week hi i have a name what strikes fear into the hearts of my foes it's josh <laughs> i'm brian lesh and we're really going to be able to jack up our prices if we're two-time galaxy savers i am triangle-faced monkey alaric weber and this is Harmless Phosphorescence. It's a podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero movie ever made. We gather some research into the production and the source material, then we tell you all about it. This show is brought to you by patrons. Patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You can be a patron, too. Just head on over to patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. We got lots of bonus content there. We've got, like, monthly movie stuff. Um, a different movie every month. This month we're going to be doing Clue. Um, we've got music shows. We got Star Wars stuff. So head over, check it out. Uh, this week though, on Harmless Phosphorescence, we are going to be watching Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. The fate of the universe lies on your shoulders. Now, whatever you do. Don't push this button. Because that will set off the bomb immediately and we'll all be dead. Now repeat back what I just said. I agree. No! No, that's the button that will kill everyone. Try again. I am Groot. Mm-hmm. I am Groot. Uh-huh. I am Groot. No! Showtime, a-holes! Yeah, I feel a general unselfish love for just about everybody. No, sexual love. No, no, I don't. For her. No. <laughs> she just told everyone your deepest, darkest secret. Dude, <laughs> come on. I think you're overreacting a little bit. You must be so embarrassed. <laughs> do me, do me, do me. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. 
Uh, it was released on May 5th, 2017. It has a running time of 137 minutes. It cost $200 million, and it made $863 million. So it's, you know, typical Marvel numbers there. Yeah. Um, this, uh, this one, I don't know. I I I personally really like this one, maybe even more than the first one, but I know that's not a popular opinion. No, it's my opinion as well. Interesting. And the first one was great, so you know they just turned it up to eleven. If you ask me, it's not like the first one wasn't. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. The first one was great. We got to spend a lot more time with the characters this time, um, but I thought, but um, I was wondering, guys, are you all ready to play? The box office top 10 game. And how? Always. This is, I am Groot. <laughs> this is the game where I'm going to describe the top 10 movies of the week of May 5th, 2017. The guys are going to try to guess what movie I'm describing based on the box office mojo description and whatever else I uh, do to change that up. Um, and uh, yeah, that's the game. Are you ready to jump in here, fellas? Yes, sorry. Yeah. Uh, all right. Coming in at number 10 for the week of May 5th, 2017. A mysterious map sets our heroine and her friends on an exciting race <laughs> through a forbidden forest leading it's to a, a discovery. It's uh, Dora the Explorer. Is that right? <laughs> no. It is not. <laughs> it is not Dora. Well, then that's John, ridiculous. John F. Is Kennedy. Dante's Pete to... All right. Um, this is... Um, it's, an, it's an animated film. It's one that I just found out existed, and it's based on a much older property. Um, they made some live-action movies of this. Um, it was uh, originated in the 80s. Pippi Longstocking? No, the no, movie? no, that one's way older. Oh, she never needed a map. She's a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> well, basically Badass. she is. I, oh, God, I'd love to do the Pippi movies. Let's add that to the list. Thoreau. Oh, they're Why on not? the list. The Pippi movies are on there. Good man. The two apple dumpling gigs. All right. Um, this was in the 80s. It, it came. Yeah. Um, it's strawberry a, shortcake. You're on the right track. Um, thinking it's, redheads. It's called. Smurfs, The Lost Village. Was there another lady Smurf in The Lost Village? Is that no. why they went there? Yeah. Like we need I to think the second the one, pool. there's another female. I don't know. <laughs> like we got another know. girl, guys. <laughs> you know, it probably would have been better to have a village full of women instead. <laughs> oh, like, God, yeah. have a dance. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think in the, the second Smurfs, Smurfs movie, live action, um, there was... Uh, a second female, but they were slightly off from Smurfs. Uh, Gargamel created a couple more because mm. she created, he created Smurfette in the beginning. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, they were not quite Smurfish, but I was sitting in a dental office and saw 15 minutes. Of <laughs> Al is Smurfs. Al is up on his Smurf lore. That seems like that's worse than a dentist appointment. Is I watching know. that movie. That sounds smurfing awful. Yeah. Uh, number nine. Uh, coming in, number nine in the box office top ten. 
Desperate to pay the bills and come through for their loved ones, three lifelong pals risk it all by embarking on a daring bid to knock off the very bank that absconded with their money. Um, this stars Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine, and Alan Arkin. Oh, I remember this. The tagline is, <laughs> you're never too old to get even. All right, old dogs? Uh, no, no, not old dogs. Get uh, off my lawn. <laughs> that doesn't have Clint Eastwood in it. Um, it's, hmm. yeah, it's it's got a title that's not very memorable. It's called Going in Style. Hmm. hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no one was ever going to guess that. Uh, number eight uh, in the box office top ten this week. Frank, a single man raising his child prodigy niece Mary, is drawn into a custody battle with his mother. Uh, oh, hey, this stars Chris Evans. Um, Frank. <laughs> is that, it's uh, uh, Chris Evans, McKenna Grace, Lindsay Duncan, Jenny Slate, and Octavia Spencer. Uh, directed by What's-His-Face that did 500 Days of Summer. I've seen this, and I don't remember what it's called. Van Sant? Is that the director? No, 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 no it's not Gus. No. Who did? It was, uh, I think he did a superhero movie, I think, didn't he? I think we saw one. There was a superhero movie that we did with him. I can't remember what it was, though. I don't. Um... Oh, he did it's Amazing Spider-Man. He did the Amazing Spider-Mans. It's the girl's name, isn't it? No, it's not. It's it's no. a single word, and it it does refer to the girl, but it's super generic. Oh. The title. Daughter. No, it's oh. gifted. Girl fight. Oh, <laughs> Girl fight. Gifted. gifted. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> coming in at number seven. Oh, wow. Okay. When Shiva learns about his heritage, he begins to look for answers. His story is juxtaposed with past events that unfolded in the Mahishmadi kingdom. Oh. Yeah, this is... uh, Gita, the movie? This is a sequel? It's, um... It was... It was... It's an Indian film, if you couldn't guess. Um... I have no idea whether it's a musical or not, but it is a sequel. (laughs) There are definitely musical elements. And you guys are never going to guess it unless you know. Slumdog Millionaire 2. Jesus. (laughs) Still slumming. It's called Bahubali 2, The Conclusion. (laughs) Man, I love it when a movie just fucking tells you. Tells you what's happening. They really painted themselves into a corner to expand that universe, man. Like, no, the conclusion. Yeah, if they make a third one, it's going to have to be like the Rebahabalian or something. The Head prologue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, coming in at uh, number six this week. A woman lands a dream job at a powerful tech company, only to uncover an agenda that will affect the lives of all of humanity. This stars Emma Watson and Tom Hanks. I had no idea this movie existed. Oh, I remember this movie. Oh, I can't think of it. The, the it's, net. It's the something. <laughs> it is. Isn't it? The something. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the, the IT department. Uh, the, the very, very basic generic noun. <laughs> it's not the, the social network. 
What? Wait, what'd you say, Josh? The startup. The startup? No. I said the firm, which is a John Grissom, but the startup? No, even more generic and basic than that. Think the ba- company. Think basic shapes or think basic shapes. The circle. <laughs> the circle. The circle. Yes. <laughs> the trapezoid. <laughs> be broken by Emma Watson. Shapes the movie. She's like, it is now complete. <laughs> when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master, Tom Hanks. Uh, um, and coming in at wow, crazy. Coming in at number five, a selfish prince is cursed to be a monster. Oh, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, another Emma Watson. Emma Watson movie. Yeah, cleaning up. Yeah, she yeah, is. Good for her. Gave her a few years to do nothing. Yeah, spring. Or, well, to do humanitarian work. Yes, and schooling, and yeah. Spring of twenty seventeen was big for her. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> she was in her prime. We're talking Ryan Styles, ninety six. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at uh, number four this week, finding himself dumped after 25 years of marriage, a man who made a career of seducing rich older women must move in with his estranged sister, where he begins to learn the value of family. Uh, this this stars uh, hmm, Eugenio Derbez. Maybe it's Eugenio. Eugenio Derbez, Selma Hayek, Rob Lowe, Kristen Bell, Raquel Welch, Rob Corddry, and Rob Riggle. It's a comedy. I hope. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, the never, No, it's it's um. Gigolo. It's Philandery made easy. It's called How to Be a Latin Lover. That was my next guess. Yeah. What a strange week for film. Yeah. Yeah, really is. At number three. Uh, um, an infant and his seven-year-old brother team up to stop a dastardly plot. <laughs> it wouldn't be the seven-year-old and his infant brother. This has got to be a Boss Baby sequel. No, it's not. It's the first Secret one. Secret Life of Babies? Oh, it's the first one. It's The Boss Uh-oh. Baby. A suit. Yeah. Jack Donaghy, the cartoon. They, yeah. Um, yeah. This movie. that I still can't believe that movie exists. And the sequel is even well, crazier. It's got Tobey Maguire as the uh, voiceover, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the last thing he did before Spider-Man. Yeah. We can say that out loud, right? It's Spoiler like, alert. It's like the only thing he did in between... Um, Gatsby and Homecoming or Far or No Way Home. Yeah. He's an odd egg. Yeah, he is. Um, uh, at number two this week, when a s- mysterious woman seduces our hero into the world of terrorism and betrayal of those closest to him, his former crew face trials that will test them as never before. This has got to be a Fast and the Furious movie. It is. It's The Fate of the Furious. So I assume, yeah. Oh, F8. The Fate of the Furious. <laughs> F8, Fate. Five, now dog five. <laughs> I love their their naming convention is insane. It is. They like a put shit. a bunch of slips of paper into a bag and just shake it and pull whatever comes out. Had a number in there somewhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, the second one was too fast, too furious. 
And then Tokyo Drift. What are they going to name the 22nd one? 22 Fast, 22 Furious? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Furious 22. Furious. Uh, at some point, they're going to run out of energy choosing these names. Yeah, <laughs> it's just going to be the Fast and Furious 22 things I hate about you. <laughs> Fast Catch 22. Uh, and at number one, the Guardians struggled to keep together as a team while dealing with their personal family issues. Notably, Star-Lord's encounter with his father, the ambitious celestial being Ego. Uh, Guardians 2 at number one this week on the box office top 10. Um, that does it for the top 10, which means it is time for our comic book and character background. Mr. Alaric Weber, will you please teach us as you do? <laughs> as I try. Um, so I guess we should talk about Ego, the living planet, first and foremost. Uh, created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, first appeared in The Mighty Thor, number 132, September of 1966. Awesome. Uh, Kirby created Ego at a time when he was fascinated with the expanse of the universe, as he had just created Galactus, the alien Kree, and the colonizers would soon follow. It's all, I'm horny for aliens. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> He's like, you know the what Kirby. kids like? Kids like planets. <laughs> <laughs> that can talk. Kirby initially imagined a living intelligent planet as something that evolved in isolation in a denser liquid-like part of the universe. Though, Ego would once tell Thor that he was the result of a scientist merging with a planet as its sun went nova. Hmm. Um, in the comics, he never was like person-sized ever. He was never Kurt Russell, right? He was just just a planet. I, I believe so, yes. <laughs> just. <laughs> just um, a planet. He, he shows up in the in the Celestial Flatter. Pantheon in uh, Infinity Gauntlet, right? In the original I, I Star thought, Run? I thought so. Oh, I, yes, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. Ego has appeared mostly in Thor books as well as Fantastic Four and Silver Surfer and others. After Thor aided Ego in fending off Galactus, Ego allowed his surface to become home to the Wanderers, a group of alien races whose homeworlds were devoured by Galactus billions of years ago. <laughs> a group of doo-wops. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do wander around. <laughs> That's They're, actually a really interesting characterization for a planet. Like, what do you do it to is cool. make them interesting? You make them save people after yeah. saving himself? That's cool. It's a cool arc. Um, I bet Galactus was like, I'm going to eat you. Like, I bet that's a particularly good get for a planet <laughs> yeah. eater. Yeah. yeah. Probably tasty. It makes me think of the, the Gaia theory that Earth is a living thing. Mm. You know, for sure. Yeah. I'm sure that was definitely an influence because this was what seventies, early seventies, sixty, sixties, sixty six was okay. when he first came out. But yeah, that was the opening, the awakening. Sort of summer love was one year away. <laughs> it was the Every... dawning of the age of Stanley. Aquarius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen pictures of Stan from that time? Oh yeah, he was he was a party man. 
<laughs> yep. The dawning of the age of Galactus. <laughs> <laughs> when the moon... Every part of the living planet, including the atmosphere, is controlled by the consciousness of ego. Also the um, magnetic and uh, radiation fields. Um, ego can transform the surface of the planet to appear as a giant face um, from space. Ego can transform the surface into a cold, dead world or a beautiful paradise at will. Depending on how emo he's feeling. <laughs> um, so the character was kind of back and forth. He did this one thing, you know, where um, uh, he let the survivors of Galactus live on him. But yeah. he would also, um, like, to tempt people to coming down that he would make himself look like a more appealing planet um ego's consciousness resides in a brain-like organ deep below the planet's surface um can produce humanoid antibodies to protect itself and extrude tentacles into space and produce a solid cloud shield ego can replenish energy by devouring planets tapping into stars or digesting large numbers of living beings. Hmm. Uh, does he have a penis? No. I don't think so. Comics what if he's ruined. got human-sized penises all over the surface? <laughs> all over the <laughs> Like fields of penises? Blowing <laughs> <laughs> in this cosmic I'm just imagining like walking through like Russell Crowe style <laughs> with the penises. <laughs> yeah, like well, they'd all be different sizes, right? He could control them. <laughs> and you could control them by touching them like Russell Crowe. So when true. That's when they grow. They're very small plants, then you touch them and whoop. Ego can generate psionic energies on par with Galactus. Uh, it can project energy blasts to obliterate starships or planets nearby. Ego can read minds and communicate telepathically and is exceptionally intelligent. Oh, not genius level. Not he's genius level. Not a genius level. Which goes level. to show it's not the size of your brain, it's how you use it. Yeah. That's right. It's it's all about your penis field. <laughs> yeah, he, he expended way too much energy creating that field of penises. <laughs> For only him to laugh at. He's been thinking with his dick. <laughs> his ego. Uh, Mantis. Mantis was created by Steve Englehart and Don Heck. First appeared in The Avengers number 112, June of 1973. The character has been depicted as a member of the Avengers and the Guardians of the Galaxy, as the bride of Kang the Conqueror and the mother of the Celestial Messiah Sequoia. Yeah, she's wow. the Celestial Madonna. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't know the... Uh, huh. cool. um, I didn't realize she was married to Kang. Oh, I hope yeah, that she meets that Kang in the future. I would love oh, that. They're yeah. so weird, both of them. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny married. I don't know. You know, like, <laughs> obviously people pair up at comics, but just, like, Kang stopped to, like, plan a wedding. Yeah, was that, like, a, an event comic? The wedding yeah, of Kang? Like they went to Vegas. Peter. They went to Vegas. I bet he's a great gambler. Uh, the character was... that wedding? Sorry, I'm just really curious about that wedding. Another yeah, Kang. Movies. All the different Kang variants are there. Uh, Mantis in the comics uh, was not 
an alien. I don't think. Uh, she was half Vietnamese, half German. Yeah, which she... explains the <laughs> tentacles. The, the, the um, she is a mas master martial artist and an empath. She is capable of plant manipulation, accelerated healing, astral projection, and energy projection. The character has appeared in four different publishing companies when writer Steve Englehart left Marvel. I don't know when, um, but he continued Mantis's tale at DC, Eclipse, Image, and finally back at Marvel. Um, some others, real quick. Aisha, she in <laughs> as titled. She is the good girl that I never had. <laughs> Um, as she was called in this movie, she was the gold lady. Um, first appeared in The Incredible Hulk, uh, volume two, annual number six in 1977, created by Len Wein, David Kraft, and Herb Trimp. And the East Coast family. <laughs> first known as Paragon, then Her, then Aisha, then Kismet. She was a female replicant of Adam Warlock. Yeah. The Sovereign was a, a race. Well, and the name, that's uh, one of the Prophet Muhammad's wives. That was his favorite mm. wife. So it's an interesting mm. choice of name for mm. a totally. cosmic character. I always loved when, well, so much of comics did that. And it was so fun as a kid to go yeah. back, and to go look that shit up encyclopedia style. Mm -hmm. I loved it. Um, Stakar of the House of Ogord. <laughs> Kiss your cat with that mouth. Uh, in this movie was simply named Stakar Ogord. Um, uh, Stallone. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in the comics, also known as Starhawk. Mm -hmm. First oh, yeah. appeared first appeared in The Defenders, number 27, September of 1975, apparently the son of the aforementioned Aisha. Um, an anti-hero figure within the Marvelverse more recently appeared alongside the original Guardians of the Galaxy team in a 2014 series, Guardians 3000. Was it, I mean, he was an original... Uh, so I mean, Ravager. I know an original Guardians member because the original Guardians team was not the movie lineup. No, um, and uh, was not part of the what was it? The first Guardians uh, came out in the late sixties, right? Late sixties, early seventies, yeah, somewhere so, around there. Like yeah, that. yeah. He he was not part of the original four, mm. um, but was part of. Uh, the, when they rebooted it the with the original the team. The 90s team. Yeah. Um, before we got this team. <clears throat> um, I'll have a little bit more to say on that when we get to the end. Okay. Um, a post-credits comics history. Okay, nice. As it were. Nice. And Taserface. Yes, I was hoping you were going to do Taserface. <laughs> First appeared in Guardians of the Galaxy number one, June of 1990, created by Jim Valentino. 
um, uh, most often a adversary of the Guardians. Uh, Jim Valentino said that his five-year-old son, Aaron, came up with the name. <laughs> and he didn't see that the name was any worse than Pruneface, Clayface, Two-Face, or any other face-based name. <laughs> face-based. I just realized uh, Ella had left this behind, but it's a little taser face. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a deep cut for a little toy. Yeah. I know. I, I, it just the whole time that they're talking about him being taser face, he was so close to being like razor face, <laughs> right? Because, like, yeah. a taser is, is a non lethal, yeah, like a taser is non lethal, and it's laser... still attached to the you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. a taser has to shoot those prongs out, and it's still almost well, like a marionette, you're still attached, and it's so confusing because so it's face like, does that? Well, yeah, is your face like what, what does the name mean? <laughs> Like, did you get taser in the face? Yeah. Did the name come yeah. as a result of your horrible disfigurement, or do like you if his face tasers? touches yours, you're electrocuted? <laughs> yeah. This but you have to gently cheek to cheek. Yeah. So many questions. Anyways, Al, you're muted. Uh, that's all I got until until uh, later. Until um, uh, I, you'll, you'll, you're going to get to the Ogord. Uh, cameos right yes yeah yeah I, I the only question that i have is aletta and stakar they both share the surname ogord are they married no i think they were brother and sister okay that hmm. was my other question because yeah just michelle yao and sylvester stallone yeah um yeah so all right that is our comic background thanks al which brings us to product production production and reviews Gotta start somewhere. Uh, um, production. Um, the production background. It was written and directed by James Gunn, much like the first one. Um, so not much new to cover there. We've gone through his filmography a couple times. Uh, our stars returning. We've got Chris Pratt as uh, Peter Quill, Zoe Saldana as Gamora, Dave Bautista as Drax, Vin Diesel as Baby Groot this time. Um, I would point out that James Gunn makes pains to point out that Baby Groot is, in fact, a different character than the first movie's Groot. He, had, he is not the same being, according to the according to James Gunn. Um, Bradley Cooper is back as Rocket. Michael Rooker is back as Yondu. Karen Gillan is back as Nebula. Uh, joining that cast, we've got uh, Palm Clementif as Mantis. Um Palm Clementif, um, which, by the way, I love her performance in this. She's doing, like, a thing. Yeah, she's a breath of fresh air in this movie at many points. God, yeah. Absolutely. Um, she, uh, let's see, she got her start. Um, she, she had a few indie movies um, in the late 2000s. Her big breakout role was in Old Boy, the Spike Lee version of Old Boy. Um, she, uh, s let's see, since then she, uh, was in Uncut Gems. Of course she's, you know, we'll see her in, in uh, Guardians 3 and the, uh, Infinity War Endgame movies. Um, she, uh, had a cameo in the Suicide Squad. Um, she's 
um, in the two upcoming Mission Impossible movies, Mission Impossible 7 and Mission Impossible 8, which Mission Impossible 7, I'm just finding this out, is currently in post-production and Mission Impossible 8 is currently filming. Wow. Yeah. So, wow. Um, that's a series that would be interested in doing. Interesting to do. Um, she uh, did some. Well, t- there's. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Yeah, that's coming out. Oh, it's yeah. going to be on Disney yeah. Plus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fun. Yeah. Uh, James Gunn said it was uh, inspired by the Star Wars um, holiday special. Oh, naturally. But a lot of shows have. Uh, um, yeah, like He Man had one. But anyways. Yeah, but I mean, you know, since it's a movie series, but he said. He said it's going to pay homage to the Star Wars holiday special, so that'll be interesting to see. I love it. Yeah. Um, she was also. Oh, will we? Do you think we'll get like, um, Drax singing holiday songs? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, maybe. I hope Something. that we get his family. I hope that we get his family. Oh, but they're all dead. <laughs> maybe memories of his family. Mm. I assume Waterman. the Chewbacca's whole family was all dead too. But uh, uh, good point. Um, Palm Clementif also, uh, had a run on Westworld for a while. Um, we've got Elizabeth Debicki as Aisha. Um, she's, she's six foot three, by the way. <laughs> wow. God. Yeah. And you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Did you guys see Inception? Yes. Yeah. She's, she, she, she plays Did a timid I, woman I in that know. at at six foot three, and the whole time I'm like, "You seem scared, but also you seem dangerous." Yeah, and I I just kept wondering how, like how ma- how many apple boxes was Kenneth Branagh standing on? Because Branagh is like five eight, right? Yeah. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um. Obviously, like uh. She's probably best known for uh, Tenet and The Great Gatsby. She played Jordan in The Great Gatsby. Um, oh. She, yeah, she was in. Uh, she, uh, let's see, Mac- the 2015 Macbeth. Um, the uh, the Fastbender. Yeah, yeah, the Fastbender Macbeth. Who did she play in Macbeth? She was Lady Macduff. God, she had to tower over everybody. <laughs> yeah, Lady McCheese. <laughs> Uh, she was in the man from uncle with, uh, Superman. Um, <laughs> she was, let's see. She was in Valerian in the city of a thousand planets, a movie I would love to cover on this someday. Oh, that movie's bonkers. Yeah. I um, love it. It's so bad. Um, uh, God. Yes. Uh, the Cloverfield paradox. Um, oh, she played Mopsy in the Peter Rabbit movies. <laughs> hmm. Um, and she will be in guardians three. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Chris Sullivan as Taserface. He's oh, I didn't realize he's the he was uh the the guy that got killed the 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 nice restaurant dude that got killed in the first episode of um of uh oh Stranger, and Stranger Things. Things. Yeah, he's uh he's on uh he's on that terrible show. Uh, what is it? This is us. That <laughs> a show that my wife. I, I watched the first few seasons with her and then I had to tap out because, oh my God, it's awful. There's yeah, a photo I mean, of him at the Emmys in a top hat and tails uh, with a cane. Uh, he's a real weird dude. Yeah, no, he's kind of cool. I kind of dig him. But um, 
um, yeah, I had to tap out of This Is Us, and my wife continues to watch it, but she's hate watching it at this point. Um, Sometimes that's the best way to watch it. All the women in my family love it. I haven't seen it. Oh, God, it's a terrible. It's fucking terrible. Um, I, the first season was like, all right. This, by the, the second season, I'm like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah, if I want to watch dysfunctional families, I'll just remember <laughs> my, <laughs> yeah. my past. That's yeah. enough childhood for me, thank you. Yeah, give me superheroes, please. I'm fucking I'm raw dog in reality all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, anyways, uh Chris Sullivan, he did a lot of indie film work. Um, nothing this is probably the biggest movie he was ever in. T- TV he was much more successful in. Um, he, uh, let's see, he did a lot of like the kind of law and order type single episode work, law and order elementary, uh, um, it was an episode of Curve Your Enthusiasm. Huh. Wait, law and order elementary? Everyone's law and order and (laughs) elementary. Oh, I was going to say, I was like, these are the crimes that were committed by small children. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thieves and such. I would actually watch that show. Yeah. I would too. I found another photo of him from the Critics' Choice Awards where he's wearing this glorious jacket um, with fishbone, fish skeletons all over it. (laughs) Wow. That's that's a hell of a blazer. Yeah. Game recognized game. Yeah. Um, He... uh, Let's see. He's he's uh he did voice Taserface in the uh in a what if episode too. I'm glad they got him back. <laughs> well, most of those uh most of those characters in the what if were were actual the actual actors that played them, with most. the exception they, of Batista. Batista? Yeah, they and they didn't get ScarJo. Oh yeah. Yeah. But they yeah, they've been doing They're a good job well, of getting as many uh, Yeah. Uh, Sean Gunn was back as Craglin. Uh, Sylvester Stallone played Stakar. Have we never talked about Stallone on this? I'm trying to think, and I don't feel like we've ever, Stallone's ever shown up in anything we've done before. I'm pretty sure no. this is his first superhero movie. But yeah. like, even on the Patreon, I don't think we've done a movie no, with him. No, we did. Uh, the, uh, with Wesley Snipes. Oh, Judge uh, Dredd. Demolition Dem- Man. Demolition, oh, Demolition Man. Man. Demolition Man, not Judge Dredd. Yeah, the other Sylvester Stallone in the future movie. Which we will do Judge Dredd at some point, right? I, I mean, is uh, I it, it, we kind of maybe should have done it in this run, shouldn't we have? I mean, it is a comic I book. I think so. It's up there with the Tank Girl yeah, uh, we'll controversy. St- we'll, we'll stick Judge Dredd in with Tank Girl and Flash Gordon for the end of the show for the ones we missed. Uh, um. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but Sly Stallone, we haven't talked about him on the main feed. So, you know, he's Sylvester Stallone. I don't feel like I need to get, go too far into him. He, his first role was in a porno. Um, his what? Yeah. The Italian stallion. Yeah. yeah. That's where that name came from. Uh huh. Well, no, I'm sure it existed before, but yeah. Um, well that was, that was his, the name of his porn. That was his, yeah, that was his big, um, like starring role breakout, but he was also, um, you know, his, uh, he was, he was in mash, the movie mash. Um, let's see. He was in, uh, uh, Woody Allen movie bananas. He was in a bunch of Woody Allen movies actually as a, like an extra, he was in what's up doc. Um, 
uh, Capone, Death Race 2000, Mandingo, um, all of that prior to his big breakout, um, for which he got nominated for an Oscar, Rocky. And then, you know. Which he wrote. Which he wrote. And chopped around himself. Yeah. It wasn't like a studio deal. He had to, (laughs) pardon the pun, fight to get Rocky made. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Especially because he didn't win. That was a kind of a revolutionary move. They're like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Because Hollywood loved making boxing and fight movies. And yeah, they're like, he doesn't win. Oh, my God. I just the woman. (laughs) I just realized we got Tango and Cash in this movie. Holy shit. We did. Yeah. Um, wow. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, I mean, just slice alone, Rocky Rambo, um, <laughs> judge Jeff winger. Yeah. <laughs> Tango and Sundance. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, Ooh, spy kids 3d. I did <laughs> the expendables. Um, he's still wait, he still was in spy kids with Kurt Russell spy kids 3d, <laughs> not the Ooh. first two. But was Kurt Russell in that with him? I assume so. I haven't seen Spy Kids 3. I don't know. I assume so. I just assume you've seen them all because you're children. Was Kurt Russell in Spy Kids? I didn't remember him. Antonio Banderas so. was. No. Was Kurt? Maybe I, I'm thinking of uh, Sky oh, High. Oh, you're th- no, no, no. Yeah, you're thinking of Sky High. What? Yeah, Sky High. That was... Yeah. Um, so... That's uh, well, the answer is only yes because obviously Hollywood is about 120 people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if they work together, yeah, probably, probably. There's a, there's only that many people. Yeah, um, Kurt Russell. Um, is this our first? I know we've talked about him on the. Oh, we talked about him in the thing. The thing. Yeah. 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 Andrea says Kurt Russell was not in the Spy Kids movies. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, Kurt Russell we've talked about before. Um, on the main feed. Um, let's see. Uh, we had Laura Haddock back as Meredith Quill. Um, Seth Green voicing Howard the Duck. Um, and uh, yeah, that rounds out our the the most important of the cast. Um, Steve Agee as Jeff. Yeah, yeah, as he's uh, of course, uh, economist. Yeah, economist. I know. Die beard. In Peacemaker. Yeah. Uh, and a stand up, a funny stand up. Yeah. Brian Posehn's best friends. Just imagine running oh into this. Oh, my those God. Uh, um, yeah. So that's right. They were. Oh, my God. Uh, this movie has 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, that rounds it out. Guys, are you ready to jump into the movie? No one said it. No one says it's showtime, a-holes. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, this is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. We open in Missouri. On Earth in 1980. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. That's something I didn't even really talk about, the uh, soundtrack. Let's briefly. I just want to briefly run through some of the needle drops. I kind of think this one's better than Volume 1, the soundtrack, specifically. Is it supposed to be better? I don't know. Uh, Brian doesn't, Brian may not agree. 
They are. Volume. Mm, yeah. Um, I, so, okay. So volume one feels a little bit, um, a little, it, it feels like it's a little too like Tarantino in the nineties. Like if I feel like I, it's, I've heard it all on a soundtrack before volume two, I get less of that. Especially because like hooked, hooked on a feeling I associate very, very much with, um, I mean, this has. Oh well, hooked on a feeling with that, Tarantino. That, this this has, yeah, this, this has has evil right in the beginning. Yeah, like this has this has some pretty this has some pretty common use stuff. You know, use of Islam is not uh, a B side to anything ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah. What I mean, we've got um, ELO on here. Fox on the Run's a great song that you don't ever really hear. Um, that was the first one, wasn't it? That was. Fox on the Run? No, Mr. Blue Sky was first. Fox on the Run was the one, the second one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so he's just taking the Dazed and Confused, you know, and just yeah. adding a little more to it. And there were two yeah. volumes of that soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that Sam, uh, Bring It On Home to Me, that Sam Cooke song, um, Southern Nights, I mean, My Sweet Lord, yeah. of course. Um, Wham Bam Shangalang by Sulphur, that is a great song. <laughs> we got uh, yeah. Surrender. Um, that Cat Stevens needle drop was pretty good. Um, uh, the chain, I mean, oh, dude, which is probably my favorite yeah. Fleetwood Mac when song. When they're all walking in slow motion, and then when he's kicking ass, yeah, and yeah. the moment that the song picks up is when he starts to fly. Yeah, there there are some really well executed uh, choreographed moments with the music in this. Well, he's you know. He's known for it, or he's gotten more known for it with each production that he's done. But like, look at Peacemaker. I oh, forgot yeah, about yeah. so many of those hair bands. Oh God, know? yeah. Like, I forgot about so many. I can't well, play rocks and shit. And he uses songs that came out in the last five years from these washed-up hair metal bands. I know. <laughs> that is weird. He's singing about um, Xbox and shit. <laughs> imagine the like downloads these, you know, like Tiger oh, yeah. Eyes or Tiger Beats or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Um. Anyway. So, all right. Into the movie itself. Um. What <laughs> we technically are, aren't we? Uh. So yeah. So Peter's parents. They're driving out behind the local Dairy Queen to the tune of Brandy. His dad shows his mom some space spores he's planted. I just. I mean, I think it, I like to think of it as a, a tasty freeze where they may or may not be sucking on chili dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um. I. That Dairy Queen looks exactly like the Dairy Queen that still stands in South Milwaukee, where I lived. <laughs> With like the, right up yeah. against the forest, on yeah, like a, uh, on like a freeway overpass kind of thing. It's got it's got the woods right behind it, exactly like that. It's got the same barn shape to it, like it looks exactly like that. Um, I uh, Moon says it hasn't changed since she was a child in the early eighties. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> for what reason? Yeah. Um, so uh, let's see. Um, we cut to 34 years later. We're on the sovereign, sovereign, sovereign. <laughs> I can't say that word. Wait, so that makes Peter Quill 34 years old in this movie. 33. It takes place oh, yeah, in 33. It takes place in 2014. Weird. Yeah. 
Um, that's how old I am. That's just weird watching a movie and thinking like, oh, shit. Yeah. I got to get to space, man. Yeah. Uh, well, you should have been kid- you should have been kid- you should have been kidnapped like like 24 years ago. Fair. Should have been. Opportunity. Yeah. Um, Probably would have been better for all of us. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. The Guardians have been hired to protect some valuable batteries, Anulax batteries. Arbulary uh, batteries. <laughs> Arbulary. From a tentacle monster. They fight and defeat it while Baby Groot dances to ELO. And that is our credit sequence. Um, this, this is so well done. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. You're hooked right away. Just freeze frames, humor. Adorable. They're Everybody's all, a little funnier. Yeah. They're all taking care of Drax. The, at the Groot moments. Yeah. They're yeah. all taking care of Groot. Or, 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 Groot. Groot. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's and a, Drax. But. Yeah. And I mean, it's, 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 it's instantly iconic baby Groot dancing. Um, it's rockets hooking up the stereo. Like everybody's preparing to battle this thing. And you kind of think that's what's happening, but he's just putting the stereo. Well, and it's a great way to have a credit sequence too. Cause for once I don't mind a credit sequence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it establishes their roles as parents mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. this little baby. Yeah. Which, okay. So bringing that up, I realized in this watch through that, Every single relationship between a main, between main cast between main and secondary cast members. Once you start getting down into like third level cast members, it doesn't hold true. But every uh, relationship between main and secondary cast members of this movie is either a um, is either a um, metaphorical father son relationship or a literal father son relationship or a metaphorical sibling relationship. Like every yeah. single one. Well, and that's the central th- theme to both of them, right? Like the, you know, the Motley crew makes a family, you know, yeah. like it, your family is who you choose, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And because yeah, like Drax was hella serious in the first one, save for a couple little ironic moments, like taking everything literally. Now he's funny. Yes. Yeah. Not intentionally funny, sometimes intentionally funny, but yeah. He's well, joyful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think his more is relaxed a little. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's just being himself a lot more than he was in the first one. Um, and then you know, Quill and Rocket—they're still sort of you know this pirate type vibe. They're they're good guys. Don't get them wrong, but they have that sort of opportunistic pirate kind of thing that's fun. Well, I remind me of twin brothers vying for the older position. Mm, yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, no, there's a there's very much a sibling um relationship between Rocket and Quill, which mirrors the sibling relationship between Gamora and um and uh, yep. uh Nebula. Um yeah, very much so. Um and then, you know, there's the layers of father relationships. So you've got like Sylvester Stallone and Michael Rooker, <laughs> Yondu and what's his face? You Yondu and Quill. Yondu and Quill and Yondu and Rocket. Yondu and yeah. yeah, Yondu and Rocket. A little bit. A little bit there. Um, then you've got the um, you know, Quill and Ego, of course. Then you've got Quill, and by the end, Quill and and Groot have a father-son relationship. So, like yeah. just the levels well, of father-son relationships happening in this movie. Or Drax and if, Mantis also. Yeah. Drax and Mantis. You don't see it happening until it happens when he tells her explicitly, I mean, it, you remind me of my daughter. 
you can use the word father or you could use the word guardian. You know, Ego made Quill, but Yondu was his guardian. Yeah. yeah. Guarded that's, him that's for 34 years. Yeah. I it's just right there in front of us. I don't even. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. But you I know, know how I missed that. That's the different relationships. Like, yeah, that's the dude that made me. But that's the dude who protected me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like, like you said, he yeah. may be your father, but he, he ain't your daddy. He ain't your daddy. Yeah. yeah. I love Michael Rooker so much. Oh, God. Yeah. He's great. Um, uh, you know, my mental moment's funny. Uh, uh, all of my father figures have threatened to eat me at some point in my life. <laughs> well, <Same>. yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they don't, what's even the point? Right. <laughs> it's evolution, man. Look it up. Um, so Aisha, the leader of the Sovereign, rewards the Guardians with Nebula as a prisoner. They caught her trying to steal the batteries. Uh, Gamora plans on handing her over to the authorities on Xandar for a bounty. Aisha and Peter flirt, and we learned that Rocket stole some of the batteries himself. I love it. He can't help but steal. He has no reason. Right. And he, yeah. And you get, I love it. You see him stealing the batteries too as they're leaving the platform. Like it's happening yeah. off to the yep. side. Right. He's like, oh, she's going to cop an attitude. All right then. Yeah. Um, we should mention James Gunn did the uh, mocap for the dancing group at the very beginning. Yeah, I did. That's him dancing oh, like an idiot. It's, it's pretty fun awesome. to see James Gunn do it. And then watch Groot do it after afterwards. Uh, it's such a fun and sweet song, too. It is. It Mr. is. Blue Mr. Sky. Mr. Blue Sky is like an all time great song. I think. I think it's about him having his kid. But yeah, mm. Jeff Lynn. I mean, um, mm. well, and uh, he said it was. He said he was um, basically trying to write a sequel to Good Day Sunshine. I mean, ELO clearly is very Beatles inspired, but um, you can yeah, really hear that. They're both Wilburys. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Lynn and George Harrison. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and just, I just have to say the production on that whole ELO album, I can't remember which one it is, but, um, and that song in particular is yeah. insane, insanely off the hook, good production. That clean, oh, everything's so crunchy. Yeah. yeah. That, that uh, like, he's an incredible producer. That, that yeah. 70s, that 70s, like ELO prog rock production sound is just insane. Um, yeah, I love it. Um, so I, I had the I had the radio playing at school uh, during one of my classes, um, for like kind of like a study hall. But uh, "Living Thing" by ELO came mm. up, and one of the kids like had to had to ask. I was like, "What? What's the name of this song?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I had to write it on the board. <laughs> that's awesome don't Further let me down education. don't bring me down yeah killer um so all right uh the guardians leave the sovereign peter and gamora fail to flirt he tries uh drax tells peter to forget about her says people she's does, not the one for you peter yeah it does the dancing thing or talks about <laughs> the dancing dancing is a recurring theme throughout this um uh, there are two types of people those who dance and those who don't yeah, my wife would stand so still. I thought she was dead. <laughs> it uh, made my nether regions in gorge. Yeah, <laughs> I love track. Yeah, God. Uh, um, they're quickly attacked by the sovereign with a fleet of drones. Um, due to the uh, stealing of the batteries, it gets discovered. And I love that they're so uptight; they don't even like fight. 
themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they, they don't the dirty at all. Yeah, the sovereign. Yeah, the sovereign are like perfect, perfectly cloned and grown in pods. They're a race of golden gods. Yeah, it's really weird to to Gross. suss that out uh, because they're perfect, yet they don't mate. Well, then why are they so intent on preserving every life, yet they don't care about each other? It says a lot about that like superficial nature of people. The, yeah. Oh, well, oh I, your name is Aisha? I could have sworn it was Best Supporting Actress in the Yeah. They look like... They're, I don't know. It's not sexy at all. No, well, I loved I loved the the infighting with them. Well, like the last guy when he gets shot, and they're like, oh, "Typical, you suck, Zylak." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, they're almost about to be destroyed when a mysterious figure riding a spaceship like a sandworm shows up and destroys the drones. The tiny yeah. one-inch man. <laughs> yes. It's like, I imagine he's bigger closer up. <laughs> the Guardians escape through a quantum asteroid field. The quantum asteroid field was cool. That's a cool idea. Yeah. Well, and it shows uh, Rocket and uh, Quill vying for the captain's position, which yeah, we see ex- continue after this movie also. Yeah, Absolutely, on on, yeah. yeah. Um, and I... Lo- um, I love how weird James Gunn's space is. Like, I know it's drawn from Marvel comics, but things like the quantum asteroid field, like, like it's a, it's a weird lived in, um, grungy, funky, like universe. And I love it. It's yeah. so much, it's so much more. Than, yeah. Like, um, so much weirder than Thor's universe, at least that we've seen so far. We haven't gotten to yeah. Ragnarok. Well, and yeah, they have like nowhere. They have to get to a jump point. Like mm-hmm. the ship does not just automatically create one in front of them. I love that. Yeah. It's like, well, we got yes. another 15 miles before we get to that off ramp. You can't just go off roading. Yeah. yeah. It's exactly. really uh, lived in like throws. Yeah. 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 The infrastructure exists regardless of what we know about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, all right. Uh, they, Escape through the quantum asteroid field and do a hyperspace jump. The Milano is badly damaged and they crash land on a planet. Uh, Drax, we forgot to mention Drax is already out the back of the ship shooting a gun. Yes. So that when they crash land on the planet, we get the toughness test. He is incredible Hulk tough. Yeah. Yeah, he He is. He hits everything on the way down. And Gamora is holding on to him. And the ship. She is the yeah. she is the rope connecting to him. They, no, no, they are an incredibly strong, powerful group of individuals. They are one hundred percent super powered. Well, and it's important to establish that I think in this movie because they weren't they didn't face a supernatural threat the same way mm-hmm. in the first movie that they do in this movie. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, then the man on the ship shows up along with an alien named Mantis. He reveals himself to be Peter's father, Ego. Um, so I would, I it's been pointed out um, before. I'd like to point out again, um, Kurt Russell is perfect casting for um, Star-Lord's dad in this because Star-Lord is basically playing um, Kurt Russell in Big Trouble in Little China. Mm-hmm. It's That's basically mm-hmm. the character he's doing. Well, and yeah. what's uh, it, Starman? Oh, that was Jeff Bridges. Oh, sorry, Jeff Bridges. You're right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, very, uh, a little bit of Snake Bliskin in um, 
in uh, uh, Escape from L.A., not so much New York, but um, that he that like, but very much Big Trouble in Little China, like, and the uh, the um, uh, what's the not the thing? What's the John Carpenter one we did? Um, they live. Oh yeah, very much him and they live. Wait. Um, or Roddy Roddy Wait. Piper, like that yeah, kind of character. Yeah, yeah, Kurt Jeff Russell wasn't in there. But, but yeah, it's that. But it's that the kind of, unlikely leading man, which yeah, Kurt Russell like, always was. Like, like is he yeah. tough? He has been. But like, especially Big Trouble in Little China, like he thinks the movie's about him. He thinks he's the hero when, in actuality, he's just kind of along for the ride. Everyone else is way more capable than he is. Um, so, all right, uh, we cut to Contraxia where Yondu and the Ravagers are partying. Yondu finishes up with some robot whores. Um, that all look the same. What yeah. on earth is the point of that? I Never mean, mind. We, I mean, we can keep going, but I mean, <laughs> if it's going to be a totally like a uh, manufactured situation. Yeah. I imagine you'd want some, some variety. <laughs> Your robot You'd imagine, robot. yeah, it's sort of a cornerstone to our species' survival. Uh, anyways, uh, well, but Yondu isn't our species. <laughs> um, Fair enough. Uh, yeah, but anyways, uh, Yondu approaches another Ravager captain, Stakara Ogord, who tells him he's broken the Ravager code by trafficking children, and he's not welcome in the wider Ravager community. <laughs> Yondu, he's not an ally. <laughs> Oh, Yandu's crew think Yandu's getting <laughs> soft. Yandu is approached by the Sovereign and offered a bounty to catch the Guardians. I would argue that even given his uh, his his uh, sacrifice at the end of this film, Yandu doesn't really earn his way back into the Ravager community, given how many children he led to their deaths. Well, I think it's the context of, of what he did. Um because he once he realized what was happening with the children you know he was returning children to their father yeah as far as he I knew mean, and once he realized that he was consuming them or killing them then he changed his ways he was just I a mean, bus driver getting kids back home in his yeah, mind yeah, yeah. ego contracted him to yeah yeah pick those I mean, kids up he wasn't he it was not like he was getting them for the jedi who were basically mm. stealing children from their families. So these are being eaten, but it's similar. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Um, all right. So uh, Peter's dad, Ego, reveals that he hired Yondu to deliver Peter to him when Peter's mother died, but Yondu kept Peter for himself. Um, Ego invites Quill, Gamora, and Drax to his home planet. Peter is initially reluctant to go, but Gamora convinces him, telling him that if he's evil, they'll just kill him, which I would point out, is exactly what happens. I I love that they say it out loud. Mm-hmm. There, there's no pussyfooting around the idea that like, ah, well, we can, we are pretty powerful ourselves. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. He, he just lays out what happens in one sentence right there, which which is very Snake Plissken. Yeah, like just the yeah. practicality of like uh, murder. Don't worry. Yep. We always have that trick up our sleeve. Yeah, we do. It's, um, not like, Drax- it's not like he's a planet or anything. <laughs> but they keep that attitude. They're even in, you know, in the Infinity War, they're they're just like, let's go get him. Yeah, yeah we yeah. know who Thanos is. Fuck him. Yeah. yeah. Why are you guys so Fuck scared? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's Thanos. We're just gonna go yeah. get, fight him right now. He's a Fuck dude. <laughs> he can yeah. be killed. He's a big grimacy dude. 
um, yeah, so Drax and Mantis get to know each other a little bit. Rocket, Groot, and Nebula stay behind to repair the ship. Drax and Mantis's relationship is one of my favorites in all of the MCU. Well, it's you have a, It was. It is probably the best part of this movie. Yeah. Well, and well, they're yeah. the two most misunderstood characters. As well, and they're as diametrically opposed. They're polar opposites. You have a, a literal. You know, he, he has emotion, but they're so very literal and matter of factly. And then you have an empath. Yeah. You know, Drax will say anything, no matter how insulting, because he doesn't think of things that way. Yeah. Yeah. He's and literally an empath. And in this, in this, this movie, uh, she is, uh, she's has no socialization. She has right. been raised on ego, like right. her entire life, and not known any. Uh, yeah. outside interaction. Yeah. She well, has people I, to teach her how to be social is Drax. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, sure. exactly. Exactly. I was going to say the, 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 she, she looks to Drax to teach her how to be, to teach her social cues. And he is the single worst person who could possibly teach her social cues. Well, well, the, so she's, she's <laughs> smiling at him. Like, what are you doing? It's like, I'm smiling. I'm told that it makes people like you. Not when you do it like that. Not yeah. that. You're hideous. And I mean, it's interesting because Quill, Gamora, Rocket, and Groot, none of them have the time of day for Mantis. None of them care. They don't give her a second thought. But Mm -hmm. Drax is curious, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, all right. Uh, Let's see. On the journey to the planet, they get to know her. She does the reveal that Peter's in love with Gamora. uh, we see her. another hilarious moment when when she touches Drax and the the sheer joy. It's like I've never felt such humor, and they're both laughing and pointing. Yes, at Quill. Yeah. Well, so and good. and Gamora is so closed off that she does not want anyone to know about her feelings. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a feeling she was punished a lot for showing any emotion. Oh yeah, yeah. I have a feeling she was punished a lot for everything. I mean, for everything. Fucking Thanos. <laughs> but he favored her in some ways. But yeah. Like, yeah. Just that full on art of war. Like, don't fucking just stab. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no um, feeling. Yeah. Um, let's see. Back with the broken ship. Rockets ambushed by Yondu and his Ravagers. Rocket takes most of them out. He's finally captured by Yondu, but when Yondu reveals that he isn't going to turn Peter over to the Sovereign, Kraglin, his first mate, Sean Gunn, questions his objectivity and the crew mutinies, led by Taserface. Well, and Rocket laid a trap for them, Mm -hmm. which is really, it shows how intelligent Rocket is. He knew that someone would come looking. He puts his radio in the ship and Mm -hmm. is not there to be found. It's really yeah. clever. I, the the when all of the ravagers were being uh, gravitationally propelled, yeah, the, like anti gravity, the anti gravity thing. There's the long, the faraway shot of them of their bodies just southern jump jumping yeah. above the tree line. It looked. I thought I was watching a Pixar movie for a second. Well, yeah, yeah, very Looney. T- I was going to say very, lo- very, very Looney Tunes. There you go. Yeah. And matched with that song so perfectly, you know. Yeah. 
What song was uh, it at this time? Southern Nights, yeah. which makes you think of being around a bomb flyer or by the river or some kind yeah. of Southern um so i what's interesting so in with the first guardians movie they made a ton of rocket um merchandise because they were expecting rocket to be like the kids breakout like we love rocket um but um (laughs) just bradley cooper dolls yeah he's such a miserable like awful like he's such an unlikable person as far as his personality goes like he's miserable this is a depressed um yeah. miserable yeah. person he's a professional asshole yeah yeah uh, as we see later on especially with him palling around with thor he has a very precise moral compass he just yeah. doesn't feel compelled to share that with everybody all the time yeah oh absolutely. when he when he gives a uh, lebowski thor the pep talk on asgard yeah. it's just fucking you know like i do have stuff to lose what are you yeah. talking about you have nothing left to lose <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and um, that's and- that's uh, beneath all of that. That's why he's with Groot, not just because Groot is tall and convenient. He no, Groot needs some his, protection. He's his dad. Yeah. 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 The first time we see them, he's trying to get Groot to not drink fountain water. Yeah. Because it's recycled <laughs> and gross. Yeah. <laughs> just well, like a yeah. kid. Yeah. And you're this busy, one, and then you turn around, and your kid's drinking from the fountain. And this one at the beginning, Groot eats a bug, and he makes him spit it out. Yeah. 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 I love it. Um, so, all right. Uh, Nebula gets freed by baby Groot. She tricks Groot into freeing her and she helps the crew defeat Yondu by destroying his uh, head fin, which controls his magic arrow. She is apologies since you met, since you mentioned Groot at the beginning, uh, when he, when we first see him and he runs on, he punches those little creatures. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Rock is like, things. it's like, no, they weren't looking at you funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In his arm. Yeah, Groot has a chip on his shoulder. At least this Groot does. Oh, yeah. Um, Nebula um, lies to baby Groot. This is the only yeah, time she's ever yeah. able to successfully lie in this entire yeah. movie. Well, <laughs> and I don't know. Baby. I don't know if it's a rule of three, but it's a running gag that she's hungry and she keeps getting the unripe, you know. That's uh, right. It's <laughs> not ripe. Yarrow or turnip or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, because yeah. uh, Gamora tells her, Drax tells her, and then she at this point bites it like a badass and then it's like yeah (laughs) it's not right and in classic james gunn style he beats the joke to death that's what i mean yeah one one of the other guys is trying to eat it and she tells them oh it's not ripe you don't want to eat that yeah great Uh, we got a running gag um so meanwhile the others arrive on ego's planet uh he's the only resident he reveals he's a celestial he tired of his life of loneliness and went searching for companionship across the universe. Um, he visited many planets, including Earth, where he fell in love with Peter's mom. So, hmm, I wonder if it's been thought out, but like, do you think he's a celestial that, uh, you know, was seeded onto a planet, but just didn't do the emergence? Instead, bonded well, with the planet, you know what I mean? I Celestials well, I mean, have to emerge. At least yeah. that's well, he, what the MCU he, has told us now. Well, he says he well he says he created the planet around him. So he. Okay. So he's uh, like Ersheim. He doesn't need to be. I guess. I have a big question about Eternals and all of that with relation to ego and his plans for Earth. Yeah, uh, me too. My, so maybe I'm getting my ahead quick, of my stuff. My quick and dirty headcanon on this is that he just was never injected into a planet. He is the okay. seed. 
itself. He formed. Uh, yeah. And he created a planet as a result of floating through space for an eternity. Oh, right. And then he spreads his. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, what would have happened if he had become, you know, made Earth him? Like what would have happened or any of these other planets? Because there's celestials and multiple planets. Uh, spoilers, everybody for Eternals. Yeah. Um <laughs> Um, I assume that he would have become immensely more powerful and more powerful than a celestial on its own. But I mean, so that was, so I'm like the, the celestials gestating inside the planets probably would have just been destroyed by him, I guess. I mean, would that have caused him issues becoming those planets? Would he not have? That's kind of what I was wondering. Yeah. I assume that he would have absorbed their cosmic energy in some way, you know? Well, that's why they emerge. They emerge once the planet has enough energy. That is producing enough. Yeah, when we get to that movie, I have a lot of theories. I I, th- I think that movie explains how Thanos was actually a good good guy. Yeah, <laughs> well, he was preventing emergences on planets because he knew the planet and all life on it would be totally destroyed. So you cut the population in half, and there's not enough energy to emerge. We'll get there when we get to the Eternals. But Chloe Zhao explicitly said that she had a story that involved Thanos being yeah. the good guy. Yeah, it Star Fox is at the end, and he yeah. is an Eternal. And so um, I think that he knew about the emergence and told his brother Thanos. Well, I and mean, in classic Marvel uh, form, they're going to go back and use all of the existing universe to develop a future story. Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's well, not absolutely. Quite the- but let's not forget that Thanos could have s- snapped only celestials out of existence had he chosen to. Yeah, let's put good guy in quotes, but you know what I'm yeah. trying to say. I'm not defending Thanos all of a sudden. Like, you know what? Dracula is actually a nice guy. I don't give a fuck what you <laughs> He does ask um, to come in. I mean, he does. Than- yeah, <laughs> he does. I'm not making the case that he's the hero. I'm just saying. Have you guys seen that tweet where it's like, um, as the uh, knock at the door, um, and it's like, um, hello, we're vampires. We'd like to talk to you about our Lord and Savior Dracula. And we're like, vampires? I thought you just bit people. No, no, no. Uh, we, um, we'd like to discuss our literature with you. Can we come in? <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> anyway, I've been by a Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, let's see. On the Ma- Ravager ship, the mutineers are executing the crew that were loyal to Yondu. Uh, they imprison Yondu with Rocket while letting Baby Groot roam freely as they adopt him as a mascot, even though they're not nice to him. Nebula gets a ship with the coordinates of Ego's planet and sets off after them to go kill Gamora. And they make Groot wear a little outfit, a little jumpsuit, a Ravager one, which, you know, they think which makes him more adorable, but he hates. He's a tree. Yeah. He doesn't want to wear a fucking jumpsuit. It's, I love he, it. He, he acts the same way as when we like tr- as when we try to put clothing on our dogs. <laughs> like, oh, yes, why exactly. are you doing this? Or a kid, even. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, well, oh, we're going to dress you up. Fuck you. The hat comment kind of shows why. Because he's that's hilarious. Your silhouette changes, and I don't know who you are anymore. He's all, yeah. wait, that's that's why you don't like hats. <laughs> you you think his head looks weird, but then it turns out he's just a hat. Wait. <laughs> Uh, the eye i love the running joke that just it the funniest thing in the world to rocket is stealing somebody's appendage that they might need well and he collects (laughs) and he likes he likes to collect them and later on the thing with the arm and bucky and yeah yeah Um, all of it i'm gonna get that arm 
um yeah so uh meanwhile ego and peter do some father some bonding ego teaches peter to use his celestial powers and they play catch ego tells peter he's immortal like him they literally play so much weird shit with this yeah (laughs) yes uh um drax and mantis bond some more mantis tells him and gamora that she was found by ego when she was a baby in her larval state she says um also she has some sort of secret she's keeping from them back with the ravagers rocket and yondu get to know each other and they decide to team up and escape they get groot to try and steal yondu's backup finn when the crew falls asleep but he has trouble understanding he's finally helped by kraglin although um though they said a they set about killing the entire crew and destroying the ship before escaping in a smaller ship. Before he dies, though, Taserface contacts the Sovereign, sending them the coordinates for Yondu's ship. Rocket sets course for Ego's planet. They have to make over 700 hyperspace jumps. In one of yeah, these that jumps, was fun. we get well, the Stan Lee cameo. The, the 700 hyperspace jumps is not good for a human body. He says that explicitly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Neither Rocket nor Groot nor um, Yondu are human. He yeah. cares about Kraglin. Yeah. Which huh. I thought was a really interesting subtext to that whole thing where he's like, they can handle it, but Kraglin? Wait, wait, wait. Speak- no, he, he said mammalian. I thought he said human. He said mammalian. I, uh, oh, sub, okay. The, in the sub... The subtitles. He's, I, I distinctly remember thinking mammalian and thinking, is he? Mm. Ma- they're all mammalian. <laughs> they all like. Does you? <laughs> I guess Yondu's not reptilian. I don't. Who knows? He's um, blooded. Yeah. You could probably milk him. Get and see. <laughs> yeah. Um. You yeah. Milk him. <laughs> but we get we 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 get watchers. Stanley and the watchers. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, very big headed classic watchers um and multiple watchers not just yes. one no yeah. there are multiple though yeah yeah there's a group of watchers i i i cannot wait to see if our uh what if watcher what's his face um jeffrey oh, wright oh. jeffrey wright it shows up in live action oh, 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 oh. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, keeping, in there. I'm keeping my fingers oh. crossed for uh multiverse of madness jeffrey wright um, yeah so um, let's see. Back on Ego, Peter and Gamora dance to Sam Cooke. Oh, I forgot to mention. So according to what Stan Lee's saying, like that that makes him the same character in every Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. James Gunn loves fucking up canon. That is his favorite thing to do. Yeah, he does. Besides needle drops and <laughs> yes. family stories. Um- in at least on IMDb, Stanley's credit, uh, the character credit was Watcher Informant. It's <laughs> <laughs> cute. Uh, He's a CI. Uh, so, anyways, Peter and Gamora dance to Sam Cook. Peter tries to romance her, but it turns into an argument because Gamora doesn't trust Ego due to Mantis's hiding something. She goes off to be alone. She gets attacked by Nebula in a ship. They fall into a cave in the battle. Gamora ends up winning, and they argue about their childhood as sisters with Thanos. Um, this is our Bechtel test passing scene. Yeah, yeah. And and strongly, too, because they are talking about each other and their relationship with yes. each other. They're not yeah. just like, hey, you drink that coffee, too? I really like coffee. 
Good to see yeah, you later, lady he, character. I don't think he's ever had a problem with that. Even no. going back to like Slither and his early stuff, you know, like he's always been about representation, but low key at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of movies, especially now, that really hit you over the head with it. But yeah, he knows how to write female characters, and he always has. Yeah. Um, Andrea wanted to point out the importance of the scene between Yondu and Rocket. Um, as someone who worked with at-risk kids. Um, mm. oh. oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, they were, when they were uh, um, discussing. Um, How he hides their, his emotions yeah. behind this armor of, of assholeness. Because of how he was treated, most yeah, because you know. yeah, nobody cared about him, so the that's how he has they, to protect yeah. himself. Like, I, neglect. I know everything about you because because I am you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was you. Yeah, and Rocket has a creator because he's referred to him, but obviously he must have been a monster, you know. Yeah. So yeah, again, you have another fatherless figure. Well, and Yondu was sold off to be a slave. Yep. To fight in the Cree Wars. Yeah. yeah, they have they have reasons for their rough exteriors, which we yeah. all do. But you know what I mean, you know, storytelling yeah. wise. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, let's see. Ego reveals to Quill that in his travels, he planted seedlings on thousands of worlds. Um, he's going to terraform them into new extensions of himself. Which I'm the- sorry to interrupt. Just to add to that point, it kind of speaks to how Yondu did take care of Quill. Because yeah. even though oh, Quill yeah. also had a dysfunctional life in a similar way, he is very lighthearted and funny and zipping around the galaxy, getting laid. And, you know, he's Yondo, not all rough and gruff because Yondo guarded him and took care of him. Well, yeah, and Yond- what, was, what was Quill's last words to Rocket before they parted ways um, when they went to go visit Ego's planet? It was like, it was- are you trying to make everybody not like you because you're doing a great job at it? Yeah. yeah. You just Which feel for Rocket so hardcore. And, and Quill's not good at what Yondu did, which he he needs the 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 salty, you know, bad medicine kind of thing. They're all it. socially stunted, all yeah. of them. And that, oh, you know, yeah. just Drax and Mantis are more obvious, but they're all weirdos. Like Quill they, would they, not really be a good they friend. <laughs> they, oh yeah, they are. He's a fun are, guy. They are all damaged and they are, are all, um, you know, just trying to deal with their trauma. Arrested development. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, all right. Um, Yeah. He says only the power of two celestials can activate uh, his plan. Um, (laughs) When a celestial loves another celestial very much. Um, He impregnated (laughs) countless women and hired... Yondu to collect the children, but he killed them or uh, or they all died in his attempt to use them to access the celestial power. Um, or he ate them. Yeah, or he ate yeah. them. Well, he said they uh, all died painlessly. They didn't feel anything. Yeah, that's what he says. Yeah, but there's... I don't know if them. Yeah. No, I think Hitler said the same. <laughs> yeah. Oh, or Goebbels, at least. Yeah. Um. I have to credit James Gunn with not using a few real obvious like needle drops. There was no cats in the cradle. There's no Papa was a rolling stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's hilarious. Cause he's a planet. Yeah. He's a planet and he, he he's a rolling he, stone. 
And he went planet to planet impregnating women. Like that song is fits him. No, but a stone. <laughs> and yeah, when he stone. died. <sighs> yeah. Uh, so, all right. Um, so at first, under Ego's hypnotism influence, Quill's all down with his plan. But he fights back when Ego reveals that he gave his mom the tumor that killed her due to the distraction she posed to him. Um, before Peter awakens from his, uh, I don't know what you call it, hip- hypnotized state or whatever, he says trance. eternity. Yeah, his trance. His eyes become stars. Ooh, and, like eternity. And he sees eternity. I uh, This I, shot I is think so we're gonna cool. see. I think we're going to see eternity mm-hmm. in the oh, multiverse. Yeah. In fact, I think he's on the poster. But anyway... Um, but yeah, this was just a great moment for him to become this cosmic being almost like through through the, the window that we see humanity or our uh, consciousness through. Uh-huh. And then for him to come back to humanity, the moment that he says, like, that's why I had to put that tumor in your mother's brain. Yeah. Like and what? Instantly blast the fuck out of. Him. Yep. That. Yep. 100 percent. Moms, no matter how much of a father story this is. Moms, yep. don't yeah. mess with the dude's mom. Yeah, that's why you don't talk shit about people's moms. Nope, it's old as time. Yeah. Oh, and I also like how instantly he snaps out of that and just like mm-hmm. just shoots him. Like, anyways, I just started blasting. Yeah, one hundred percent. When I was in the theater, there, I'm not, I'm not a big like a uh, yell in the movie theater kind of guy. Man, I was hollering at this moment because I didn't expect it. I expected him to like try to figure out what he meant by that statement, mm-hmm. you know, like diplomatically. Nah. And again, I know we're beating it, but like the father son thing, like when the young lion finally realizes that he's stronger than the old lion. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's just an intense dynamic. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Uh, so, all right. They, um, meanwhile, Gamora and Nebula find the, pile of skeletons of all the kids that ego killed uh mantis reveals <laughs> that was so oh, Stephen um, king and it <laughs> oh god uh i i i that makes me think of this the reason why peter woke from his slumber the first thing that he asks it's not about his mom but my friends what about my friends oh, he cares yeah. about his friends more than anything in the universe yeah. Right, you're right, because that's what ego gets to. Like, it's a distraction. He's, you know, yeah, you, you love these life forms; they just distract you from your mission. Yeah, you got to let them go. That's why I put the tumor in your mom's head. It's it says a lot about Peter that he doesn't tell anybody that. You know, right. yeah. In that moment, he sees this connection with his father, and he's like, "What about this?" And his dad could have comforted him instead. Nah, let him go. They've all grown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, all right, they, uh, ego, uh, let's see, um, do, 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 oh, yeah, oh, Mantis reveals to Drax Ego's plan, telling him they're in danger, she decides to help them, um, Ego decides to just force Quill, he parasitically pulls energy out of him to activate the seedlings, which begin to consume every world, including Earth, uh, starting with Dairy Queen. Yeah, starting with the Dairy Queen. Oh, and that's Mr. and Mrs. Gunn. Yeah, those are his parents. Oh, yeah, the yep. parents taking the picture. So Sean and, uh, yeah, James. Yeah. Um, so they 
Um, Egog is interrupted when Yondu and Rocket arrive, crashing their ship into them, temporarily destroying Ego's human form. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Um, re- yeah, it was like a, a, a Han and Chewie type yeah. entrance. It was just exciting, like, fuck yeah, they're here. If this wasn't a James Gunn movie, this would have had, she came in like a wrecking ball yeah. as the needle dropped. Yeah. Just as they break through the window, it would have been so funny. But I'm glad that didn't happen. But every time it happens, I, that's all I can think. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see uh, the reunited guardians travel to Ego's brain at the planet's core during which Yandu reveals that he kept Quill to, in order to spare him from the fate of Ego's other children well and they were they could have left yeah you know and floated through space to survive or whatever but like no we have to kill him yeah they ha- which, we have to save the galaxy again the guardians of the fucking galaxy yeah All right no more kids are gonna be eaten yeah yeah um, as and no one disagrees. No one tries to talk them out of it. Yeah, they're all. Yeah, it's just, just like yeah. This all is right. what we're doing I, now. You know, that hardcore. You know, like John Wayne type dad thing. Like he, you spent your whole life. You know, he said he was going to eat you, and he kept you for thieving. Yeah. And it was really to save your life. But he's never going to tell you that. So he's yeah. like fucking dying. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Um, as they're in the middle of trying to destroy Ego's Chewy Nuggets Center, the Sovereign show up and attack them. They fight the Sovereign while Rocket makes a bomb using the stolen batteries, which he plans on having Groot plant in Ego's brain. Although Groot does have some issue with uh, which button to press. <laughs> I mean, that's some Abbott and Costello. That's some Lewis and Martin. Like yeah. that is a comedy team. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the timing and brilliance. And and it's all just it's all voiceover and uh-huh. CGI. <laughs> like it's crazy. Is, and Vin is, recorded each one. Is yes. Groot messing with him? Genius level intellect. No, because at the end he does think about he has to figure out which button at the end. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, he's by himself and confused yeah. for a moment. Yeah. He's just a little kid. They um, have like a two minute memory span. When he points oh, okay. at it, when he points at it the second time, she's like, "No, it's the same button. How is that even possible?" <laughs> um, uh, we we didn't mention Zardu Hasselfrau. Oh yeah, David Hasselhoff. <laughs> Kurt Russell, in his anger, says to Peter, "I tried to take on the correct form to please yeah. you," which, of course, Kurt Russell—that's the right form, baby, not that oh, David yeah. Hasselhoff look. But he becomes David Hasselhoff, and I love that so much. Yeah. That David Hasselhoff. Was down, yeah, and it's almost like a little Mindy's mini Expendables cast because you got like Stallone and Russell and Hasselhoff. Oh my god! Um, It it goes back to the story that Gamora Gamora loves. I love that story. He had the picture of Knight Rider Mm -hmm. in his binder. Yeah, Michael Knight. Yeah, yeah, like. That's a, that, I hate that story. That's that's supposed to be sad. <laughs> yes, she thinks finds it so endearing. Yeah, yeah. So I told you that story when I was drunk. Why would you bring that up? Yeah, <laughs> because I imagine, back up. I imagine she has an image of a perfect father in her mind too. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, oh yeah. So all right. Uh, Ego's put to sleep by Mantis while they fight the Sovereign. Uh, they destroy all the Sovereign drones, but their ship gets destroyed in the process. All the J- Guardians jump off and survive. Um, 
they... This is more about fathers than the Eric Bana Hulk movie. <laughs> oh, I would point out... That's right. I forgot. To, that's what I wanted to mention. The end of this, the fight between Quill and Ego, is basically a remake of the end of Ang Lee's Hulk. <laughs> With the rock and fight. Yeah. They're just amorphous shapes fighting each other. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 20 minutes. And by the way, I'm very disappointed in us. I just realized um, we got through the entire Hulk episode without ever once saying you wouldn't like me if if when I'm angly. When I'm angly. (laughs) That comes to you now. I can't believe I'm so disappointed in us. It's never too late for that pun. Wow. Delicious. Uh, Bro. Anyway, you still get credit for it. That's great. Thanks. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> uh, um, yes. All right. Uh, then ego, um, comes back. Everyone's trying to get to the surface to get to a ship picking him up. Um, Peter taps into celestial powers and fights ego. He turns into Pac-Man. Look out. Yes. Uh, um, Jan, yeah. Let's see. At the end, um, oh, we we see Nebula save Gamora. She yeah. chooses to save Gamora by sacrificing yeah. her metal hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the first take, time she's ever done that. Yeah, take my little hand, <laughs> um, my strong hand. Um, the bomb goes. <laughs> the bomb goes off. Um, and at that moment, Yondu saves Peter, flying him away from the exploding planet. He only has the one spacesuit, though, which he puts on Peter, sacrificing himself. He dies in Peter's arms in space. Um, He's Mary Poppins, y'all. I love how um, Rocket, because Rocket gives him the suit and the uh, jetpack, and um, it's the only one he has. He can't give him two because he doesn't have two. Um, and when uh, Gamora is going to go try to save Peter, and he stops her, or was it Drax? Whoever he stopped. And he says, I can only lose one friend today. In that moment, you think he's talking about Peter, but really he's talking about Yondu. And the sadness in telling Yondu that he has to make that choice. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. There's so many emotional moments in that like small slice of this movie. Drax and Gamora are yelling for Peter. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he just leaves. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Um, Yondu... Um, sacrifices himself for Peter. Um, he dies in the coldest space in Peter's arms. Uh, and then we cut uh, Nebula's leaving to find Thanos to try to kill him. The Guardians hold a funeral for Yondu. They're placing all their little toys around. Yeah. With him. Yeah. Little trinkets. To, to go into the incinerator. Yeah. And covering his face up with stripes. Yeah, the strips, strips of fabric. Of yeah. And- and what was Which, it called? The the colors of what? Ogord. I'm pretty sure. Oh, of Ogord. Yeah, the horn. Um, wait, the horns of Ogord, or is it the color? It was the horns of something and the colors of something. Yeah, both. I the, think I think the strips of fabric that they were putting over his face were actually like service. Uh, yeah. What do they call those service patches? Yeah. Like you mm-hmm. would get in the military for, for serving in a certain uh, conflict, and those were his like. Cree oh, slave. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so he uh yeah, um Craglin and a bunch of Ravagers show up um and they do the colors and the horns. They acknowledge his sacrifice and accept him as a Ravager again. 
During because Rocket went out of his way to contact his old Ravager buddies, mm-hmm. just like, "Hey, yep." So this happened, right? Yeah, to he, let them yeah. know. He just saved generations of children to come. Yeah, yeah. he literally saved the universe. Yes, at this point. Yeah, but kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they made a point to say that it was kids, and that's why he was banished in the first place. Mm-hmm. All the while doing the right thing. Yeah. Um. So they, uh, yeah, Gamora admits she loves Peter. They become a couple. <laughs> um, oh, no, no, no. She admits there's an unspoken thing. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's Sam and Diane. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I don't know what Cheers is. <laughs> How lucky <laughs> to get to start over. <laughs> yeah. Um, we get five post credit scenes. Five. It's ridiculous. Um, this had to have been the height of the post-credit scenes. Um, but I love the graphics in the the end titles, the like Trapper Keeper yeah. stickers yeah. that we used to. Yeah, they looked I'm, cool. I'm glad that nobody else has done this. Like they let James Gunn be ridiculous with the amount of post-credit scenes, and they were like, "We got to do this in every Infinity War movie." That would be too that. much. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So all right. So in the first one, Craglin is is trying to learn how to use the arrow. And the fin. <laughs> Whistling with crackers in his mouth. Yeah. Okay, so was there an extra prototype fin laying around? Because um, when they incinerated Yondu, his fin went with him. So there had to yeah, have Obviously, one. the technology is accessible because, you know, originally I thought it was something unique to Yondu, but apparently not. So, yeah. yeah. I thought it was a weird choice or... to make it technological. I thought so, too. But, yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, yeah. yes, well, and because in and the Rocket is a genius. He is. In yeah, Rocket could have built one for him in the comic that um, Yondu controlled that because um, he could. He 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 was an expert whistler, and that was wood from a tree which responds to sonic vibrations. So he controlled Wild. it through the sonic vibrations of whistling. So it was but the it is arrow. Kind of yeah, more than the itself. Tom. The yeah. So anyone who could whistle that good could have done it. There was the, no, like the second fin was more reminiscent of the comic. Yeah. Yondu. Yeah. 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 Um, so then in our second one, we see Aisha. She creates a new artificial being who she plans to use to destroy the Guardians. She says it's. She's naming him Adam. And he's coming. He actually is. Yeah, they actually yeah. cast. He's uh, been cast. He's been cast. Um, yeah. Um, everyone was kind of supposing he'd show up for Infinity War since he was such a big part of the Infinity Saga, but or the, the Infinity Gauntlet. Gauntlet. Yeah. I'm so glad he didn't because that would have they would have yeah. It was too it. much. It would have been too quick. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. And they well, had opened Strange up, played that role essentially. Mm. That's true. Plus, they're they're getting more cosmic. You know what I mean? That that was an Earth-based problem. It was an Avengers movie. They both were. But anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, we see Stakar reuniting with his ex-teammates, Al. Is this the uh, portion? Uh, yes, this is. Um, so uh, we mentioned uh, Stakar Ogard, Ogord um, being Starhawk, um, joined the Guardians in the 90s. Um the crystal dude that was like his second in command. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see that they gave him a name in the movie, but Martin X. I thought yes. was his name. Yeah. Uh, Mar- 
Martin X uh, was <laughs> one of the either. sorry was was one of the original four Guardians of the Galaxy uh, with the 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 crystal crystal body. Um, Ving Rhames was supposed to be Charlie Twenty Seven. Oh. oh, oh! Not supposed to be. He was credited as Charlie Twenty Seven, and he was one of the original Guardians from the sixties, hmm. um, and still around when Starhawk joined them in the nineties. I and love then, how big they made him. Yeah, yeah, so big. Yeah, he's like bigger than the Hulk. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, Michelle Yao was Oleta Ogord. Um, who also joined the Guardians in the 90s um, and was the adoptive sister of Starhawk. Hmm. Cool. And I I couldn't figure out who the red dude was that, but he's... Talk, that talks with like digital hands. Well, mm-hmm. mystical powers. I assume that was mm-hmm. magic because that was very similar to Doctor Strange's hand wavy circular. Oh, yeah. Magic. Uh-huh. Like fire in the in the air, huh? Um, did you catch the little robot head? Who the voice was? Uh, uh, who was it? It's Miley Cyrus. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Miley Cyrus, and you know who voiced Martin X? Who? No. Lex Luthor from Smallville. Oh, that oh. dude. Huh? Yeah. Huh? The bald guy. I don't yeah. know. Lex Luthor. Yeah. Uh, I like him. Yeah, it's a good good actor. Yeah. I like him too. But kind of yeah. cool. Anyway. James Gunn pulling up from from every corner of you know the cinematic. You know, some of these people are incredible on their own, and having them all together would be really neat. Oh God, yeah. Well, and you see, you know, obviously he seems like Taika Waititi in the sense that people love to work. Like, I want to get my chance to work with him. He seems yeah. so fun, kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, Michelle Yao, uh, just to mention, she uh, Captain. Barbeau, Giorgio, Captain Giorgio on Discovery. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. great, great character. And I mean, she's done so much, but she's going to be in a movie that's coming out any any day now. Uh, everything all at the same time, I think is what it's called. But it's a mm-hmm. multi- everything all at once. Everything all at once. Oh, it's a that movie. movie. Yeah, that's not comic book related. It's yeah. her and Jamie Lee Curtis, and I'm mm. I'm excited for that because mm. she's incredible. Okay. Huh. That's interesting. Um, oh, uh, during the end credits, we briefly get a shot of uh, the Grand Master. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, was that Jeff Goldblum? Yeah. 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 Ragnarok? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Ragnarok, That's yeah. what I thought. And it we get Zardu. kind of fuzzy, but. Zardu Hasselbrow at the very end, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's my favorite uh, part of the whole credits. It's worth waiting for. Yeah, we saw Cosmo the Astro Dog and Howard oh, yeah. the Duck, of course. Howard the Duck, yeah. Showed up earlier. God, I hate stranded on an asteroid. Or, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. There and, is Rod. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. So and then um, the uh, the uh, um, Stanley. Sober. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we get the Stanley cameo as the last one, or the a second Stanley talking to the Watchers, and the Watchers are tired of listening to him. Right, and we mentioned. <laughs> Go ahead. Though. And we mentioned Aisha, uh, and they've got the genetic Adam. Yeah, we, we talked Adam about Warlock. Adam Warlock. Yeah, yeah, we mentioned Adam. Um, cool. so, so yep, 
Um, yeah, and that's it. Um, oh, oh, and and teenage Groot or pre-adolescent. Oh, Groot. that's right, teenage Groot. We get teenage Groot. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, I forgot that one. I'm not boring. Pre- I, You're I, I boring. Pre-teen Groot at this point, but he's he's still got. Queen. Yeah. Having having raised having raised Yeah. Having raised two teenagers, that is so like realistic. I'm not boring. You're boring. Mm -hmm. You know what's boring? Tripping over your your vines every day. Uh so um yeah, that's yeah. I like I like this one a lot. I personally like it better than the first one. I know I Me too. I know a lot of people say that the first one is a better better as a movie, but I just feel like this one is so much stronger thematically. It doesn't have to do yeah, all man. yeah, all of the heavy lifting. It it doesn't have the MCU villain problem that the first one has. Mm. And then people are dumb. I think so there's a lot of complaints about the third act of this movie being a CGI uh mess. I, yeah. This is the one movie where I excuse that because it makes sense. Yes. Because we are fighting inside a planet that is a person using powers to create whatever from nothing. Right. Different species. You know, Quill's one of the only Terrans. You know, so you're dealing with everything is made up, God damn it, especially in this. Well, and I like we flew to New York. (laughs) I get the complaint that like the end of Marvel movies ends with a big CGI battle. Sure. But this this one out of all of them. I could forgive it easily. This one in well, Doctor Strange. I want to make the point that that's why it took so long to bring this universe to life because every time they tried to do it practically, it looked stupid. Yep. Right. <laughs> so everyone complaining about CGI needs to shut up or we never would have had the Infinity War to begin with. Yeah, I mean yeah. I mean I'm all for practical. I'm all for a a balance between practical and CGI because practical yeah, gives when things it's appropriate. when it's appropriate. Like yeah. I, I feel like the modern star Wars movies got this the best, that balance between practical mm-hmm. and CGI and like, yeah. Um, and they always did, but they, they were inventing, they were cutting whole cloth, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah. But I mean like the modern, the Disney star Wars in particular, because, you know, obviously the prequels were way too CGI and the original trilogy, didn't have CGI, of course, but um, um, but the Disney. Let's talk about Jabba and uh, New Hope. He was always there. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. So uh, I had one. It's not even a question. It was just um, Mantis between what she does here and what she does with Thanos. Maybe the single most powerful being in the entire Guardians. Yeah, she takes down. I, I... She she subdues both Thanos and Ego. Like that's pretty intense. Yeah, single handedly. Um, but uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't until she gets hit by a flaming rock. Yes. Well, and it's interesting. And she uses two hands usually. Thanos is probably more powerful than Ego, who is a celestial. Yeah. Like his durability factor, his ability to like withstand her powers. Right. Ego, yeah. But that doesn't... It's obviously superhuman, because Thanos is a, is a titan. But, yeah. like, I, I don't think it's super power. You know what I mean? I think he's just... 
yeah, like you said, durable and a badass. Not all Titans look like him. We know yeah. that from the comics. And, yeah. Well, and I think in his in his case, I think his power comes from will. Kind of like how yeah. Hulk's, Hulk's comes from anger. Yeah, yeah, that makes it. Yeah, Thanos' will and Thanos' drive to not be stopped. Oh, he's so a warlord. Thanos, he's, a, he's this universe's Green Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, With uh, the shitty CGI costume. Mm. So... Um. Yeah, I don't know. Wait, he's all CGI. That's not a real. <laughs> know, and he dude. still looks better than Greenland Fifty. <laughs> completely fake. So, any last thoughts before we rank it, guys? No. Oh. All right. Let's go ahead. Let's bring up the rankings here. Um. So at the top, we've got the first Guardians at number seven. I think where we put it in relation to that is going to be where, you know, uh, our first choice. Um, what what I I've I've, I've I've expressed my opinion. I personally think it's better. I know that's not a universal opinion, so I thought I'd talk to you guys and see what we're thinking. I still agree with you, as I have every time. Um, I think it's better. I think it's better than the Winter Soldier, but people seem to like that movie. I don't know. The Captain America movie's kind of left me cold. No pun. <laughs> I, I think I'd be willing to put this above Guardians of the Galaxy. As a comic book movie, there is so much more comic book stuff that happens in this movie. Than well, I think, I think just as a drama, I think we really cracked it open as far as the shit that's happened, all the subtext and stuff. And I don't think it's contrived. I think we were right. So I don't know. I, I've heard, it's, it's working on a lot of cylinders. I've heard, I agree, Josh. We are right. <laughs> I've heard a lot Always, of that's how I operate. I've heard a lot of complaining that there's not a clear um, that there's not a cl- a clear line of conflict for Peter um, through the entire um, movie, <laughs> like until the end, because ego doesn't reveal himself to be evil Seems until the from end. The s- Sovereign on, he seems to be at odds. And then well, at odds with his own teammates. Well, he's looking for his father the whole movie. Right. He's I, on a search for his father. I, I think. Quest, I, the heroes. Yeah. I, I think his line of conflict is him versus himself and him versus his environment. Like it's him. It's him versus like his place in the universe. I think that's yeah. the line of conflict. It's not that. We forgot to mention a thing. What's that? So, Peter Quill, up till this moment had the power of a celestial Mm. the moment he killed his father he became just like everyone else yes he chose to sacrifice the thing that made him special and he didn't even know it so it's not that big of a sacrifice i love the nuance of that whole choice Mm. yeah i don't want to have any part of him yeah Yeah. you know like that's not who made me that's yeah yeah it's very much killing the past i'll never be like you yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, this entire movie is Peter versus himself and it's Pete and he like even even fighting ego, it was versus what he thinks he needs to be like what he want, like him versus yeah. his his idea of being cool and his idea of being himself versus actually just, having a family. It's as yeah. if, you know, choosing the character of ego as if the name maybe right. has some right. Yeah. Battling his own ego. Do you think there's a metaphor there? Um, I wonder. Was, was there a moon called Id? 
<laughs> no, that's where the penis fields are. <laughs> Those are on id. The penis fields. Uh, <laughs> There's that memorial in penis fields. So, um, Central Park. We didn't have to. We didn't have to spend an hour on a meet and greet. Yeah, but I yep. feel like they still rehashed Introduced. a lot of themes um, mm -hmm. from the first movie. Come yeah. on, we already knew that Quill was sexually attracted to Gamora. Right. right. That was that was the worst but kept secret. That right. was that was definitely the worst. Only Peter didn't think Gamora knew. He's the only one who didn't. Well, that's yeah. I don't know. We're all men. We are, we're not as aware of that. I think as the women are, that mm. they know. Yeah. yeah. Um, are are we all that, men? Are we Devo? <laughs> <laughs> or are we yeah, dancer? I, the loosest senses. <laughs> um, the uh, the just again the opening title sequence mm. really shows us everything that that first movie established. Absolutely. Instead of giving us 20 minutes of reintroducing characters, it's a beautiful thing. Edit. I I forgot until now. Um, I thought it was really cute at the beginning when she pulls out a gun. It's like I thought you I thought your thing was a sword. Ah, uh, yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, no, it's a giant beast. It's a giant tentacle beast. My, uh, well, my sword. I went with guns. But, like, well, you didn't tell me you were going with guns. So and then she ends up using the sword. Quibbling. <laughs> she yeah. ends up yeah. killing it with the sword. Yeah. Um, well, and and Drax again thinks he's the one who does the job. Yeah. We've come full yep. circle on this pod. Ah, God, yeah. It's such a good movie. So <laughs> let's do it again. All right. So Al, you you're the only one who hasn't uh, expressed an opinion on placement. Uh, I could go. I could go anywhere. I, I'm personally, I'm personally, I'll, I'll go with the consensus. I'm personally saying we should put it between Iron Man and the Winter Soldier. I'm, Ooh. I'm, 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 I'm fine with that. I'm flexible on it going above or below the Winter Soldier, but, um, I like it living next to Guardians because it's, it's hard for me to choose which one is better of the two. Okay. I can I can go okay. with that. I, I can I can go for yeah. that. Can do. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Will do. Yon do. All right. We're gonna put it right here, right above the first one. Um right, right below the winter soldier. Uh so as soon as I finish typing it. Okay, I, as we're typing the title uh, in, into this, I really wish they had called this Guardians of the Freaking Galaxy. That should have been the title of this movie. Yeah, that would have been cool. I wish they had used their one PG-13 F-bomb. They uh, didn't? No, they didn't. They didn't, uh, they didn't yeah, get an F-bomb, and it would have been perfect in that one. I, I like that it's implied, though. Uh, also, I don't think they expected children to love these movies as much as they did. Mm. I like... I kind of like that Rocket chose not to use an obscenity. Yeah. yeah. When the little when Twig did. L little Groot is around. Well, yeah. little Groot he doesn't is... want to encourage his language. Yeah. They're all like language. Jeez. Yeah. yeah Whoa. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and okay, Baby Groot is so much more vicious and hardcore than Adult Groot was in so many ways. 
Wisdom, man. Yeah. He lacks like the it, wisdom. Yeah. So restraint. That's what you get as you get older. Is restraint. Yeah. So children are brutal. They don't have any. <laughs> so all right, that was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, which means it's time to look forward to next week. And next week on Harmless Phosphorescence, we are going to be watching Wonder Woman. Nice. Somebody's got to, I suppose. Yes. Well, a lot of people did. It was a very popular movie. Uh, Yeah. um, It's not great, but 1984 is still good. So I guess we got to start somewhere. I'm. I. I think one. I think it's all right. Um, the first one, 84. 84 is interesting. 84 is a crazy fever dream. I really like all the Wonder Woman movies. I think they're fun. So yeah, that'll be good. We're going back to DC. Uh, Non Snyder. We get a non-Snyder DC movie. So, yeah, well, but obviously he was given notes. Oh yeah. The and the the gray color palette makes sense because we're in World War One for moments of this movie. That's why it's boring to me. But anyway. Oh, well, yeah. Um, that's next week on uh, Harmless Phosphorescence. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Yeah, well, uh, so um, you know, thank. <laughs> yeah, ar- argue my opinion about World War One. Let's hear. It. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> no, well, right. I don't care if you think World War One's boring because I don't exactly. have an, I don't have an opinion on World War One <laughs> in either direction. I was just trying to move us on because we're almost at two hours. It doesn't. I'm not. <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything anyone's saying. Um, I have an opinion on World replied. War I. I'm glad it ended the way it did. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Establishing the beginning of World War II. Let's talk about this next week. <laughs> Thanks for Wonder Woman. Yeah. So next week, Wonder Woman. Until then, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. This has been your host, Throw Smiley. And I'm off to go get a pretty necklace or a nice hat. You know, something to make the other girls go, ooh. Anyway, happy trails. <laughs> I'm Josh Cece, and I can't believe none of you guys have tape. I'm Brian Lesh, but we are Groot. I'm Alaric Weber, just needing to find a woman that is pathetic, like me. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Thanks She's out there, Al. She is. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't reassure him the other way. <laughs> we'll see you next week, everyone. Bye. Bye. Love you.